Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there. It's showtime. Picture it. Did I do that? I'm Sailor Moon, the champion of justice. The power is yours. Okay, so when I was a kid, I loved the 1960s Batman, starring Adam West, as well as Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. So when 1994's Blank Man came out, I was hooked. I remember being a kid and having my best friend at the time dress up as Blank Man and other guy, and we would do back-to-back. This is 1994's Blank Man. I am Ryan Hunter, your host here at the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. And I am joined by our revolving co-host, Rob himself. Thank you for being here this week, Rob. I'm back, bitches. Hello, Ryan. Hi, Rob. It's been so long, I feel like, since we've recorded together. Yeah, it has been long. You've been stepping out on me with those other people. Well, we're back. We're back to basics. So, a little news. The other co-host of this show, David, is in the middle of a move. So, eventually, David will be back. We're glad to have him still with Thundercats. We're back to David and Rob. Whoop. Thank you for suggesting this. This was a definite reminder of movies that I have not seen in a very long time. I don't own this title, but uh, I definitely remember watching this as a kid a lot. So yeah, it was it was a treat to be able to watch this again. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. Don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but the rating that this gentleman gave the movie after all this time, I'm still impressed with. It's you and me both. But we'll definitely get into that because, yeah, I was very surprised of that rating as well. So Rob did give this movie a 3.5. If anyone doesn't know, Rob also has another show, actually many shows. One of them is Movie Geek and Proud, where he watches movies and reviews them and gives them like a number score. So Blank Man received a 3.5 out of 5, which to me is totally acceptable. Well, it's, (laughs) it's definitely above average, so... That's good. What would your rating be before we review it? I'm going with the 3.5. I think you really summed up this movie because it is above average. And again, I guess this is the radical retro way of reviewing, but I tend to like the movies that people dislike. Although Rob has a great quote for people with their taste in film. And would you mind letting the people know? There are no such thing as a guilty pleasure film. Also, every movie has at least 
least one fan. So that's my thing. There is somebody out there that is going to appreciate it where you don't. Sorry, not sorry. That's so true. And there's some in this world where everyone could just rate or review a movie and trash it just for the sake of trashing it. I love that Rob is here to remind people that there are movies out there that might be not panned critically by people, but are still enjoyed. So 1994, we have Damon Waynes and David Allen Greer. Now, I have a feeling that many people first got to know these two gentlemen on a little show called In Living Color. Which is actually a huge show at the time. Yes, definitely. I, as a kid, watched this show every week. And yeah, it was hilarious. Do you remember... Not just because we are who we are, but men on film where Damon Waynes and David Allen Greer would do their amazing characters. Well, I mean, everyone loves movies. And I shouldn't say everyone literally, but like a lot of people love movies. So to have a recurring character where two people play critics and have their own talk show, especially when Siskel and Ebert at the time is was very popular to get your movie fix. This was entertaining, but you saw two people who were very unapologetic and they were different than the Siskel and Ebert that you saw and they gave a lot of sass about the movies that you watched and they had their own specific critique on films and it was basically who was hot in the movie. (laughs) Almost out of time. Would you join us next week when we talk about Mel Gibson's Lethal Weapon? I hope it's loaded. You crazy. But you had these two men acting very flamboyant and, you know, who knows what I would think about it today. But back then it was hilarious. And I think it was just because they were vibrant and they were just, again, like I said, unapologetic and they just didn't care. If they didn't like some, they would tell you and they would have their catchphrases and they would just have fun with it. I think so at the time, you're right, like going back to see these skits in the year 2021, it might be a little cringy, but I feel like the actors even at, in Jamie Foxx at the time playing Wanda on that show, they were into it. They like gave their 100% to those characters. So it's, yes, it's a parody, but they also, I think, were feeling the characters. Not, not well, like they were embarrassed to play these characters by any means. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, that's how I saw them. And I think that Damon and David have great chemistry together. You know, they went on to do a sitcom that didn't really live for very long, but I enjoyed their first season and they've done plenty of skits together and in other movies. So I think their chemistry is great. Can you believe that Damon Damon Waynes is 60 years old. I just is saw he this. Really? How is this possible? Wow. I actually I'm September. not even surprised by that, but I wouldn't even have thought 60. That's crazy. And he did that. Well, so when he did Lethal Weapon, right? Um, there was a lot of drama that went on with that show, but one of the biggest things about it that they couldn't really do for future seasons was have him do all of these action scenes anymore because he's getting oh. to that age. You know, he's like literal Danny Glover. Like, I'm too old for this shit, right? Like, some of those action scenes were very demanding. It's crazy because he looks so young still. Like, even in Lethal Weapon, I haven't seen the series, but I did see clips from when he was on. I never in my mind thought he was 60. I mean, I guess it does make sense. But my God, yeah, he looks amazing. Yeah, no, he looks good. Okay, so Blank Man at the time. This came out in 1994. So what we had in the 90s, Rob, was with superheroes. I mean, we had the the Superman movies, of course, but we also had Batman and Batman Returns at this point. For representation, though, for an African-American, you know, kid, I would say that Blank Man, Meteor Man, I mean, and Blade is what was I could think of in the 90s for superheroes. To go from childhood memory, those were it. That was it. Now, of course, I can do my research and be like, oh, was there any other cartoons or, you know, other TV shows maybe that had a superhero? You know, we had Hammerman, animated series, you know, yes. things like that. And and those are all great. But at the same time, if I can't even get past my one hand on how many black superheroes that were on the screen, then that's a problem. You know, um, I don't want to get too political on this episode. The reason why I think Ryan is bringing this up is because this movie, while people didn't like it for, you know, its 
horrible quote unquote acting or really, you know, crappy writing and and not so many, you know, like dumb jokes. This movie was very important to the community and needed to be made. So you guys can all crap on it. But at the same time, this movie was needed to have just this and like Meteor Man was yeah, it just sucks that there weren't many other films out there that was, you know, like this. And the fact that it's panned so much, Rob, the humor in this movie is not unlike any other 90s stupid comedy movie with humor. This to me is 90s humor. So I don't understand why it is so panned as much as it is. Yes, okay, maybe it was the year that Forrest Gump came out as well. But you're comparing like a comedy movie to like, you know, a serious movie. This is 90s comedy. So look, here's my thing on this now as I was watching it. And this is something that I didn't realize because I was a child. But given the sort of level of humor or type of humor that you're getting, I mean, yes, it did have a predominant black cast and maybe some language that were used from the black community versus. But at the same time, the silly humor that you got in this was not that far fetched from a lot of other stuff that we've gotten before and after. But you also have to remember that this movie paid homage to Batman in the 60s. That's why the movie is so cheesy and unbelievable. And it, it just plays on, I mean, it does just enough um, sort of like homage to a series without becoming a spoof because they didn't make fun of anything. I think they yes. honored, they honored Batman, the series from the 60s. And I love the fact that everyone adores the Adam West series and finds this to be like abysmal. I mean, how cheesy can you get with the older series? But for some reason, we love it. Why? Because there are people on, on the screen that look like you. I mean, of course, everyone is going to adore this series. Don't give me anything about the writing or anything like that. And not to say that Blank Man it has the same type of writing, but like if people are going to dislike on how over the top geekiness Damon Wayne's was or the fact that nobody could tell Blank man was you know daryl like it's a literal homage to the batman series on how cheesy it was that's what they that's exactly what they did and i love that that's why i think i love this movie as a kid as well because it is a homage tell everybody what the movie's about because i bet you nobody knows what this movie even is you know actually you're right so this is the synopsis that they have for this movie i had to look for a few of them that would actually sum up the movie correctly because it seems like no one has given a proper synopsis to this movie. In Living Colors, favorite team of Damon Waynes and David Alan Greer join Robin Givens, John Polito, and Jason Alexander in this hilarious, see I picked one that actually likes it, crime-fighting comedy about two slapstick heroes who triumphant over evil, more or less. Clad in a bulletproof outfit and his grandmother's housecoat, Daryl Walker takes to the streets in pursuit of truth, justice, and his first kiss. Now, it sounds ridiculous. But just think about it. This is the black version of Mystery Men. To give you any context. Perfect example. I yes. mean, it's it's a gentleman who sees a lot of crime happening in their neighborhood. He wants to take care of it. He doesn't have any powers, but he has enough motivation and courage to go out there and fight crime. But at the same time, Blank Man, Daryl, he is sort of a man-child. He, he lives in that fantasy world of the Batman series of when he was also a kid because being a grown-up has not done anything for him and so you're dealing with a little bit of that as well you know him just growing up but at the same time he really cares about his community and as smart as he is he creates his own sort of you know superhero aesthetic and identity and and that's basically what it is so we should say that he is a genius this gentleman so he might be a quote-unquote man child in ways but it, to balance that out he's super intelligent and he was able to create all these things to fight crime so and I do love that they set up how sweet and caring he is I remember texting Rob a few days when I was rewatching it and I'm like I love that he kisses his brother on the cheek because that's 
so me and it just shows like there's no like he's just lovable he's a lovable person that I personally would love to root for the so, underdog so David Iron Greer and Damon Wayans they play brothers and yes. the movie starts out with them sort of watching Batman on TV and them two embracing the awesomeness of a superhero on TV they dress as superheroes and they pretend that they're fighting just like they are on TV I mean this is childhood at its best you know it's, it's very highlighted in the first scene but you know what also is is so apparent in this first scene is that you see that these two boys are from a lower class community you know they're watching a show that they can barely see because the reception is so bad because the TV is so old and broken you've got a fork inside of the TV that they use to change the channel because there's no remote and so they do their very best to work out a way to get the TV better and then by doing so they kind of mess up the house and they get in trouble by their grandmother it's, it's also there to kind of show you the class level that you're dealing with and the fact that Batman Bruce Wayne is rich as fuck and can do anything that he wants when he's solving crime but in this story you're going to see this high level of same intensity for his community to fight crime even though he has nothing he has no money he has no gadgets he has no you know batmobile and that it's setting up the fact that it's coming from a person who is poor and has you know less and i just again that again just sets up the tone of the film in my opinion and like you were saying earlier rob it sets up the homage to batman because not only are they watching the 60s batman dressing up as heroes but then we also get the bam boom cartoon opening right after that which is right out of the 60s Batman so I don't understand how people don't understand that this is a parody <laughs> and I do love this scene in the opening seeing them as kids wanting to be heroes because again this was me and it was blank man I know it's crazy because I'm this Italian white boy from Long Island New York but I wanted to be blank man I cut out out of a robe the eye patches like his eye holes like blank man has like almost like looks like a towel around his eyes or something from a robe. I did that. I made a little robot and I would call it J5. So he wanted to be Batman and I wanted to be Blank Man. <laughs> that is so crazy. I had no idea that you did that. That is so amazing. I wish I could find the pictures because I made my own Blank Man outfit. And oh, really? I, I want to, I wish I had these outfits. I'm telling you, I wanted to be Blank Man. And I just realized after all these years, Rob, is J5 the robot supposed to be the Jackson 5? Um, um, I mean, they never really said. I I kind of got that impression that he nicknamed the robot to be like the Jackson 5. So J5, yes. There's also Johnny 5 as well. Johnny 5, circuit. right, right. So it could, go, it could go either way. But my God, and J5, I mean, we'll bring him up later, but... I loved this character. Oh, yeah, he's J5 a robot. is great. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the, you know, before Jarvis, there was J5. <laughs> Hello, Kimberly. We also should set up that the two brothers are raised by their grandmother, who people, right, remember from a little show called Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, where she played the chief of Acme? I want to say if it's Acme Agency. Hello and welcome to Acme. I'm the chief. But you can call me, well, the chief. Yeah, yeah, she's Agnes Acme, and she was also known as the chief, so it's Acme Agency. And this is played by Lynn Taipen. She unfortunately has passed, but you will recognize this woman right away. Oh, yes. Do you love the old makeup they apply to her when we go into the future? Like, I don't know if it's now because I'm watching this on a Blu-ray machine, but you could totally, like, tell, like, they almost put, like, that creepy-looking, like, makeup on her face to appear to look older when they time jump to when the boys are adults yeah yeah but she's another fantastic actress that will bring you back she's great you know most of america will remember her as the evil evil um sort of like she she was the woman who you would think started the the million moms like thing like she is the top 
prosecutor for anything hope good different whatever like so in the movie lean on me with morgan freeman you know he plays a principal who tries to revive this school that's dying and his rules are very unorthodox and she notices all of this and it is her life missing to shut him down and this woman was known as the villain of all villains and she was hated by everyone and everything i'm not surprised if she got stuff thrown at her just like walking down the street oh i I mean i mean honestly she was that good because she was so evil and so if it's not the chief it's this woman miss barrett oh my god everybody hated this woman but she was such a wonderful barrett yes Yeah. yeah so I mean, amongst other things, she's definitely been in other stuff, but those are the two biggest things that you would know her from. Um, So it's safe to say that you enjoyed this movie still after watching it for so long. So much so that I'm like, why did I not rewatch this movie since I bought this DVD? In 2004, this damn DVD came out because I remember buying it when it came out and I had not watched it since then. And this was a regular viewing for me as a kid. Like I used to pop this VHS tape back in continuously when I was growing up. So I'm so glad that this show again allows me to go back and then get to talk to people like Rob about it. So yes, I loved it. (laughs) So Rob, let's get into spoilers and let's actually play that warning. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger, no Will Robinson. You are now entering the spoiler zone. Danger. That's the new spoiler warning for anybody. After this, we will be entering the spoiler zone. Daryl's grandmother, she works for, well, volunteers probably, for a re-election or an election of a mayor to clean up the town. Now, surprisingly, the mayor doesn't turn out to be corrupt, which is so crazy, because even re-watching this, I couldn't remember if the mayor was corrupt or not, but... He wasn't, but he just sort of fell into the role of being corrupted. I mean, he wasn't evil himself. I just think that there must have been something that happened to where he actually did need his funding after mm-hmm. all or you know you know something happened to where he was kind of stuck in the situation and just went along with it but then he obviously tries to make amends for it you know down the line but he wasn't as evil as some mayors are in different shows also what works in this movie it flips things on its head because we're so used to the Batman the Batman Returns where you have the mayors and they're like this evil character and you know so it was nice to kind of see the turnarounds for the mayor, you know, I'm spoiler again. I mean, he ends up being killed. But Daryl's grandmother and Daryl and Kevin's grandmother, I should say, ends up being murdered working for this election, you know. This campaign. Campaign. Thank you. Campaign. Which actually I feel like is one of the saddest scenes, Rob. I know it's played almost for comedy with the way that Daryl is crying, but I teared up watching this scene. You know, I, I forget, and they don't show this in the movie, but I forget that she was shot. You know, usually when it comes to you know killing people of that age it usually becomes like maybe in a fire or like an explosion something (laughs) to where it doesn't seem like there's a lot of pain to take a uzi like a machine gun an automatic and to like just go blasting at people including a grandma like i can only imagine what her body looked like and just having to see that this woman was shot and yeah i mean that was very sad i mean usually it's just one shot you know uncle ben style and you're done like yes who knows like but they didn't show it that's the thing but it was very ruthless and you know they meant business but you know she was a sassy ass woman i you know i i get I get that she has her own rules and she's set in her ways and she'll say whatever. But, you know, sometimes old people just kind of talk out of turn when it's not really necessary and you're just bringing unnecessary drama. Like, I can't say that he wouldn't have ordered his men to do this if she hadn't talked shit about them and embarrassed him. You know, you you tackled his masculinity and he came swinging, like literally. And it sucks, but that's how it happens sometimes. Well, they did set up that the grandmother was this feisty grandmother because right in the beginning uh, we we find out that Kevin is the brother that's more I mean he's of the quote unquote real world he's works at a paper but it's one of the like the tabloid trashy kind of like weekly world newspaper but he's more of a serious character he's in reality you know he sees what's really going on in the world and he does bring this lady in the first scene he, she sleeps over and I do love when the grandmother says you could have at least fed that little heifer uh, <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> so we did set up the her feistiness, but the grandmother does get killed, like Rob was saying. And then this sets up that he is going to become a hero. He is going to avenge his grandmother's death, and he's going to, you know, clean up the streets because there is a lot of crime going on in this this city. And Blank Man is going to be the hero for the people. So this is what I find really interesting about this whole setup. You know, it's again, it's very similar to Batman. And, you know, almost every superhero story has that origin where somebody dies to kind of shine a light on how bad it is that your neighborhood and the world is, right? So it's it's crazy. Kevin's character, David Allen Greer, ha- you know, yes. he, again, when he was a child, was very into the superhero gig, just like Daryl. You know, this movies like this always needs that sort of voice of reason, the one who is relatable to the audience, which is it's ridiculous to dress up like this and go out. So you need somebody to speak for that voice, right? So I also think it, it's interesting that two kids who grew up the same still managed to, you know, turn out differently. And this older brother now, David Unger, Kevin, he grows up more of a playboy, but yet he's still living with his grandmother, just like Daryl. So it, it's just funny that even yeah. though they grew up yeah. the same, one turned into this sort of grown up while the other stayed sort of in his childlike state, just shielded and protected by his grandmother. And that's the other thing is that his grandmother encouraged Daryl to be this inventor, to be closed up, to, you know, not, she never forced him to go out and get a girlfriend or a big paying job. You know, he, she just wanted him to be happy and he was fine in that bubble. And with her death, he had no choice but to really look around his surroundings and be like, we live in a shitty place. You saw that, you know, he did the electronic store and he used it for his inventions and he didn't really think about what was going on around him. The minute she dies, he notices a woman, you know, getting mugged on the subway and he felt compelled to help. Now, where did that come from? He's such a shy kid. He can't even stand up to his brother when they get into squaffles and he's like, there's a crack house across the street and like he wants to do something because he can't, his grandmother is no longer shielding him from the, the bad world that's right outside his door. And so now all of a sudden he's like, we need to do something about it. And, you know, Kevin, who is supposed to be the grown up who notices all of this, he doesn't really care. You know, he's he's sort of bitter and the childlike sort of like motivation and and confidence to want to do something is sort of like taken out of him. Right. So it is interesting to have these contrast characters in a movie like this, having to figure out, like, is it our place to do something? Because we don't have anything. He says, I just want to be like Batman. And he's like, no, you can't. Yeah. He was rich. He had everything you have nothing you can't do anything let it go right so i do like sort of that setup and i do love that at the same time again this is an everyday man or you would even say this is a man that has all these things stacked against him and he still wants to make a change i I just love that and if that's not a superhero what the hell is so i mean even though we're talking about this in a more of a serious way and again that's because you know watching this as an adult you sort of see the underlining you know points that this movie is trying to convey even though it's trying to be as silly as possible yes that there's really is sort of a heavy sort of um commentary that is being portrayed in this movie which i thought was good and let me just also add the fact that you know you have your all-american hero tv show and you have your mystery men and you have all of these other sort of superheroes that have come up you know the hulk and all that stuff blank man is an original unique idea yes it may be taking a lot of cues from batman and other superhero like shows but this is a literal character created from scratch and if that is not something to sort of be proud of i don't know what is because yep this is not a, based on a comic book, a cartoon, or even a skit on In Living Color. This was literally thought out from the brains of Damon Wayans. And I love the fact that a movie like this exists because, as people will say, all we do is just reboot everything. Well, here's a movie that was actually unique, and unfortunately, people didn't like it. And, wh- you know, that's just something to think about. You know, you can say you didn't like the writing or whatever, but at the same time, this is a original idea, and I love it. Original and again, it's it's played for laughs, but at the same time, 
time, it's full of heart because you could tell who the creators behind this loved superhero movies. It's a homage, but also, yes, it's supposed to be funny. You're supposed to laugh. But I'm telling you, even like that funeral scene, there's scenes that are like I really am emotionally invested in. Again, <laughs> yes, maybe it's because I'm I, I grew up with this movie, and that's what a lot of nostalgia is that clouds your eyes possibly to faults. But well to be to be fair you know like almost every single review that i have read about this movie will talk about that kids may enjoy it and see sort of the the fun and wonder that it has but this movie for some reason will not appeal to adults the adults will not find a lot of these jokes and hijinks to be funny at all they would be seen to be very cheesy pretty dumb i i mean i think the writing on in living color is really good but honestly if this was a run-on skit on in living color i think this would be more adored than it would as a full-length film definitely i think it's it, it comes with a bit of a respect with in living color as well because there were a lot lot of skits on that show that did not land well and that goes for saturday night live today you know some stuff don't land well i there was yep. something about blank man that just didn't hit people the right way or put them in the mindset to just have fun and just enjoy kind of what you're seeing but again if this is a movie not for you that's nothing bad it's just most of the people would like hate on the jokes and some of the acting and i'm just like I can easily point out so many other films that do the same thing that get so much praise. And so what exactly is the difference? And that's what kind of like irks me a little bit with the critique of this film. And I mean, to your point, yes, you're right. Kids will enjoy this because of the wonderment. But I got to tell you, Rob, the jokes that I did not realize until now... Uh, to me, this, there's so many adult jokes that I think adults should find funny. So we should set up that the love interest in this movie is Robin Gibbons, and she's playing Kimberly Jones. So she's a reporter, so our Lois Lane, in a way. Yeah. She becomes really Blank Man's champion. So she sees that Blank Man has come out when he finally does. And we find out that she works in the same building as Kevin. So she's the real reporter in the real news station. And Kevin, again, is in this like weekly world news crap paper in the basement <laughs> and we should say that his boss is play what's the character's name yeah mr stone jason alexander who uh again is just one of those actors who don't even have to try like he's just so funny anytime he opens his mouth and i think that this character is literally set up to be played by him and the first thing that i thought of when i saw his character so he's completely bald and he's in a wheelchair he he comes off as this war vet who just doesn't give two shits about the world and as any boss of a of a cheesy tabloid he just wants ratings he wants to talk about the most vile disgusting sort of um <laughs> degrading storylines and and lies that come out of his paper but when you see him do his boss thing and just sort of go on the, the immediate person that i thought of was was cyborgman so cyborgman is a dc character from the batman-esque sort Sort of universe but he is predominantly animated in the harley quinn cartoon that is currently on um hbo max and uh the dc streaming channel and so cyborgman is this uh i don't want to get his character too wrong but he he's a man who is also bound by a wheelchair but i guess may have lost one a limb or two due to the war and basically his arm and i think a leg was also was replaced with robotic uh technology but his wheelchair is also like something of out of this world it's just got all of these gadgets he's like this old school racist inspector gadget and the both characters are so similar it's so crazy and the character is voiced it sounds exactly the same yeah the character is voiced by jason alexander who also voiced another old school detective slash sort of like not superhero but sort of crime fighter if you remember on usa duck man uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I I like that the comic book Talk like roots oh are kept in the family with Jason Alexander. I think there was no choice but to have him in this movie. The scenes that he, he is in, he does do well in them. Like he sets up his cranky, miserable, yeah, low life kind of boss character fantastically. So Blank Man comes up with a way to create a bulletproof suit for himself. Yeah. <laughs> Later on, though, when the poor other guy is shot, we find out that Blank Man's suit is the only suit that is "quote unquote" bulletproof. When Kevin says that line, it came this back is, to me. Oh, right oh my god, he stopped me! <laughs> he's like, I, "I have a target." Like he turns around on his ass. He's like, "It's right here." Like I just love that he's ready. He wants it to bounce right off. Sammy, shoot him! Well, come on, Sammy, you bad. Shoot me! Yeah, I got the color of Target on my ass, and he's like, oh, oh my God, you shot me. <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered, Rob, why didn't Blank Man make other guys' costume also bulletproof? Did he not one have two, the One of the two chemical? reasons, he thought that um, he would never put on the suit for one, so he just didn't even bother. Mm. Two, the other guy, Kevin, he studies martial arts, so he probably thought he didn't need it. Yes. And that, you know... I love that Kevin is a martial artist. Yeah, so Daryl doesn't have any fighting skills whatsoever. In fact, he bumbles his way into defeating his foes so uh that's his thing but that's another thing that i like about this movie is that given that he's just a normal joe technically through science he was given a superpower by accidentally mixing chemicals that allowed for his fabric to be you know man-made like weapon proof like you like a knife couldn't go through it fire couldn't penetrate it and um bullets you know bounced off of him but what was great is that during his first mission immediately Immediately, the bad guys were like, well, just shoot him in the head because that's what you're supposed to do when you come across something yes. that is bulletproof. You shoot him in the head. And I love that, that they pointed that out. Yes. So a great thing that I liked about this movie that I noticed throughout rewatching it was that, again, it didn't hit that spoof territory. Even though this movie is supposed to be very comical and very fantasy, the rules in the world that was created within blank man stood trust yes. like him with the mask you couldn't tell yes. who he was outside of it and even though he is just a regular joe the city actually took him seriously and they looked to him for help they wanted to reach out to him and be like can you help me get my cat out of the tree can you help me get my dog from under the house can you help me you know like one of my favorite scenes even though it's super super deliver small a baby. yeah right deliver a baby even though it's like super super small it's during a montage and he saves um this store from being robbed and he took sort of this like grappling hook sort of thing but it was made with a gigantic <laughs> boot and it was sort of like a retractable like boomerang or like a you know like a hook and he just comes around the corner and he throws it and he thwarts the robber and then the you know the clerk behind the desk gives him a thumbs up and it's just like they're actually taking this guy seriously and I love it and they're putting up all of these signs with like this community love like my store was protected by blank man I love that I just thought that was cool because they could have easily just laughed well. at him they could love have easily that. just laughed at him the whole time with this outfit. And, you know, yes, there was a scene where they did, but it also showed a little bit of the commentary about how cops just don't give a shit if they're not getting paid. And so they they lived in a town where they were not paying their cops to do their job. And they felt that, well, I'm not going to I'm going to do the minimum here and not really care. And they just let crime just run amok. And so I, I thought it was cool that they actually took him seriously, given that most of the things that he did would not work in today's world, you know? During that whole thing where we're setting up his crime fighting thing, and we mentioned that he does deliver a baby. During that scene, there's two things. One, did you notice that I feel like there's a homage almost to the penguin from Batman Returns? Oh, yes. When he, is that okay? So I'm not seeing things. No, you're not. They did it twice. They did it once with the villain and once with Blank Man because he rises he he rises up from the elevator where they deliver the baby and he's like giving his grand 
big entrance into the world yes. in front of cameras holding a baby literally like penguin it yes it is total penguin and even even and it was even paired with like danny elfman like music too like it was such yes. a, it was such a good yes. reveal i love it it was such a good reveal that score i actually do love that that score that plays it's like almost slightly mysterious slightly serious childlike wonderment though i love that score totally during that scene so the woman though that gives birth when she looks at him almost she when she's like oh blank man like it's almost like yes she's giving into his fantasies kind of thing but at the same time she's like what the hell are you talking yeah, about yeah like but she's like oh but she does that so well but I love that he feels so accomplished after that. And one of the standout scenes, I think. Plus, was his machine supposed to be like, did he lubricate that machine to open the door, like the elevator doors? Was that like lubricants? Like- it looked like Hey Jelly to me. I don't, it looked like <laughs> KY. It really did. I I didn't really say too much about it after. I was just like, okay, we're moving on. <laughs> to me, like, that's like the adult elements, right? Like he's lubing up this thing. And then in that scene, which I never noticed, as a kid so kevin is on the floor holding the pregnant woman's hand but she's like you have a big finger and i never realized as a kid that that was supposed to be her grabbing his penis really what did you think it was or you didn't i don't know i was like oh he has a big finger like this is ryan how innocent ryan was like oh she's grabbing his finger like (laughs) never put two and two together that she was holding his penis (laughs) like i thought she was squeezing his finger so tight now now as an adult i'm like oh my god of course of course. Oh, you have a big finger! Thank you! And it's just like that scene earlier when he's talking to his crotch and Kimberly walks in because, okay, so there's an invention that Blank Man gave his brother so they can communicate, which looks like an almost like an Altoids tin. Yeah. And he has it on his belt, like a, you know, like a... Belt buckle. Yeah, belt, belt buckle. And Daryl's trying to speak to him and he's like, I-, I can't speak to you now. And he's like talking to his crotch and I, I want to play with you. Go in- I'll go in the bathroom, which is like, my Yeah, it's like who speaks in a belt buckle? I'm surprised that he didn't think past that mark. Like you expect him to just bend over and like speak in the, it was weird. But yeah, there were a lot of sexual innuendos in this for sure. One other thing that I really liked about this too, and uh, it, it sort of goes into that sort of man-child sort of fantasy. Like at the same time, he did want to help the community. And he felt that in his head, all he had to do was put on this suit and, and you know, create gadgets and, and just be done with it, right? I think he did understand sort of the level of trouble that he was getting in. But at the same time, he still sort of lived in his head. And it's just the little stuff that just made it sort of authentic. And it was him singing the action score in his head as he is you know playing the role of the superhero like he's running and he's getting into the elevator he's using his gadget and in his head he's like dun 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 like he needs to have that played in his head to make it real and it's just so funny that they they paid attention to little stuff like that and kept a lot of that in is that he in his head is still sort of playing make-believe but at the same time still trying to you know fulfill that hero like thing but he was very serious about his identity. You know, there was a moment where he could have been, you know, exposed with the psychiatrist and he totally made his brother look like he was crazy because he wouldn't give up his identity. Like he took all of this seriously. And I love it. His dedication was insane. And I love it. When he was in the alley fighting that pimp, that was hilarious. Oh my God. Yes. Thank you for bringing this up. You know, I, 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 I thought of you immediately when that came up because I just had my name is not Susan playing in my head the whole time. Slap me around and call me Susan. Ah! I warned you, Susan. Ah! I love that. I love that. Slap me around and call me Susan. I used to use that all the time. (laughs) Again, and I did not know as a child what the hell I was talking about. Yeah. And he's like, okay, Susan. And he's and I love his squeals, like when his injury, like any th- time in this movie when he's hit and he's like, ah. like it's yeah. just so him, <laughs> him and Marlon Wayne's are really good at this. Yes. Anytime that those two are in trouble in their movies, they always scream <laughs> like a, a woman would, or you know, just a very like high pitched voice or something. And it, it's always funny to play off of those sort of like like 
non-masculine sort of roles and and just incorporating yes. some fun like stuff you know like men can scream you know all high pitch and be scared and all that stuff so it's funny when they do that but yeah he did the same thing and he took those licks and he got up like captain america style i can do this all day i was like damn he is so cool i i don't know i loved it i <laughs> yeah. loved it but oh my god but then turn it around Again, right he's a real person turn it around right it's so cute when he started getting sort of prizes and and contribution for his superhero you know saving the day and like there were times where people were giving him money and he gave it back and his brother was super pissed because they're poor and he started throwing stuff out and then he handed him his own radio and he threw the radio and then he goes to chase him (laughs) and he locks himself in the bathroom and he he was blocking in but when he got in he started yelling when his brother cornered him that's what you do when you're a kid and i don't i played that part like five or six times over and over again because it is so my childhood oh good that is what you do like you're cornered and you can't get away and then you just start screaming when you get attacked by your older brother like i just (laughs) i just kept laughing it was really good i loved it It it's so true and it's i believe that they are real siblings in this like and i even see kevin's i i see that kevin loves him and he he wants to protect him even though he's a you know he's a harder character but you're right that's such a brother thing to do i know i've been in the corner going "Eh." (laughs) <laughs> well, I thought I actually thought it was very nice that Daryl needed to work through the death of his grandmother. Right. And he was, you know, Kevin was like, I see that you need to do this yeah, to work yes. through it. I will help you, but you got to do it my way. Like he tried to do it safe and do a neighborhood watch or whatever. And clearly that didn't work. Which he, actually would have been like, yeah, the, the quote unquote thing to do a neighborhood watch. But he, you know, he was very supportive of him at the end of the day. And, you know, when he went out during his first mission, he was like, here's your suit. I'm going to go out and fight crime. And he, like, stopped what he was doing. And he went to go look for him. And he saved him. And, you know. Yes. I, You know, he was a very caring brother. I, Yes, I totally agree. Which adds to this to me. Like, that's another reason I like it. You don't dislike Kevin, even though he's serious and he's deterring, you know, him from doing this hero thing. He's... He's doing it because he loves him. Yeah. So Robin Givens, Kimberly, she kind of falls for Blank Man. And we set up the scene where he invites her to come down to his lair. And he asks her to bring a carnation. And this is always one of my favorite lines. Like when, I think it was Kevin, right? Like, why a carnation? He's like, you wouldn't understand. (laughs) Okay, I'll do it. Tell him meet me at the 14th Street Station at 6 o'clock. You got it! Alone. Okay. And tell her to wear a carnation. Why a carnation? You wouldn't understand. And he wouldn't, yeah, because he's not a ladies' man. You know, he's a womanizer. Yeah, he definitely doesn't get it. And I I do love this, too, because, again, all of these superhero cliches are in this movie. I've got, you know, that reporter that wants justice and wants the truth out. And, you know, the sleazy mob boss and the corrupted mayor. All of it's in this movie, right? And that pivotal moment where the hero meets that one reporter that is so obsessed with this newfound hero. Like, their meeting was set up. She got to see the lair and i love it he found an abandoned space that he turned into a lair with all of his gadgets he's got his own entrance which again literal batman like a a wall opens up that's not supposed to and i really love this because they put so much effort into making him an authentic hero for that time period and also by his sort of access to things like literal junk turned into treasures and he built his own mobile which was also um which was which was so um essential to the train like tracks of the city and i just thought that was so creative that that's how he travels i mean just look at alec baldwin in the shadow his mobile is a taxi cab yeah and not to hate but it's yes. different it's it's for that time everyone traveled in taxi cabs that's how he got around yes and it made sense for him to have this gigantic sh- like very over-the-top flashy mobile but to his you know resources it involved the train tracks and i freaking 
loved it. I loved it. It's his own unique style. And she got to see the lair meet Jarvis J5 and she fell for all of it. She fell for all of it, which I think is amazing because, you know, kind of like Superman as well. This is an underdog story. This is where the geek and his yes. um, chivalry comes into play as what women want versus this, I'm a man, you're supposed to like me by default. She falls for all of it. And I think it's fabulous. And that Lair, you're right. It's still so him because it's whimsical. He's got bubbles going on. He's got the, this frog that like stuffed animal and, and Mary go round. So it's all this junk, but he does have this like cute, whimsical personality, which is part of his charm, I think, honestly. And we have Robin Givens for, at that time, she was one of the most gorgeous, sought-after women. And we have her seeing past that and ending up, spoiler again, that falling for him. Like, he thinks she would go for the other brother, but no. She goes for Blank Man. Okay, so again, another adult scene. When she kisses him in the lair, Rob, I didn't realize is... Is this him finishing? Yeah, he's he's ejac- <laughs> he's he's totally like ejaculating. Yes, this oh is very God. this is very American Pie. Like I haven't been touched <laughs> ever, and the slightest thing will set me off. He had no clue what was going on, but it happened. And yeah, she knew exactly what was going on, and yeah, and she loved it. Like she was she not taken back by this at all. Yeah, she was just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> She found it very flattering. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, she she interviews him and, and finds that he, you know, wants to save the neighborhood. And, you know, I just have one last question. Why a carnation? Well, a woman should always <gasps> carry a carnation. You know, a beautiful woman should always have a carnation on her. And beautiful like, oh, woman. Oh, my goodness. Ooh. One other thing, speaking of. So, Blank Man inspires a lot of other people around him to also become sort of vigilantes. Oh, yeah. Superheroes and this talk show host has like a plethora of all of these different heroes. One of them is called Midget Man, who is a very famous little person who you would see in a lot of like black oriented films. And then you have Kevin West is Gay Man. Gay Man was Kevin West. Oh my God, just with leather harnesses, and you know he just came from the leather bar, and (laughs) you know he's Gay Man is his superhero. But no, um, Tony Cox is the Midget Man. That's that's who plays him. Wonderful actor but the host is someone who is predominant in mystery men that was greg kinnear who played mr fantastic or mr amazing it was and so it's so funny how it just tripled over into these other superhero stuff greg kinnear was the host of the talk show and i was just like wow i had no looking really young oh my god i know yeah so young in that I was just going to say, I know that this scene in today's standards, the terminology and the stereotypes, but I have to tell you when he, Midget Man, and again, I'm sorry for repeating, but that's the name of the character. Today, we would call him Little Person Man. Yeah. Um, but when he lifted the chair and he goes, <laughs> I laughed at that as a kid, but I laughed so hard <laughs> now rewatching this, like, because he's so determined to, like, to do it. He's like, no, I got it. I got it. Well, he thought he was going to do something, and then he picked it up and realized it was super hair, and I love it. The talk show host is like, careful, those are nice chairs. <laughs> and it was, I don't know, it was something with combination with him being bleeped out, too. Yes! Just, yes. Yeah, I just think he said, and then just tripped, and just fell back. I don't know. Yes, no, that was a funny scene. It was. That's why Tony Cox is so cool, because I think he can laugh at himself. You know, like, I don't think he takes himself too seriously. Almost every movie that he's in, there's always a joke about how small he is, and I think he embraces it, and just yes. laughs at it. I never looked at him as a joke, or but of a joke, either. I just think you know that's a limitation that comes to him and so the fact that he still thinks that he can do anything that other people can do i just still think it's great isn't that almost like from in living color when we had handyman which today i don't know if that would ever work and his partner at one point was little lady i want to say she was also a little person on on i think i remember her i think i remember her yeah and she was like this little person and she would like kick them and their knees and stuff and we had handyman so but my god rob i laughed so hard i laughed too hard over that scene that i probably should have with him with the chair 
No, it was funny. It was funny. I I also loved that he continued to just bring in more traces of Batman into his aesthetic by, you know, the blank station and the and the, the blank station. What did he call his mobile? Was it just the blank car or something? Or it wasn't the blank mobile as I thought it was. No, it was originally. Like the blank I car. But, you know, when they get to their final mission and they're going to go rescue Kimberly and he's got, you know, his brother down in the lair and he's like to the blank screen. But he does it in so dramatic, just like Adam Westwood. And then he was like to the blank suits. And I just die <laughs> every time just laughing when he does that. Because then they do the zoom in, you know, icon, you know, transition. Yes. You know, all of that was in there. And I just thought that was all great. But one of the biggest things that I think think really stood out to me as far as the aesthetic of the movie is when blank man and other guy make their first appearance together and yes i it was either the first time or no no no, it was the second time because supposedly they were supposed to drown in that lottery tank which again is homage to the slow death you know instead of just shooting them dead, let's just do it in this dramatic way and so they managed to escape and so when they popped up again and you know kimberly's chained up you know damsel in distress or whatever Whatever. And so he pops up and, you know, both the mob guy and Kimberly are like, blank man. And he's like, he's here. And yes. I was just like, oh my God, this is so classic Batman. And I just love that. And she's just so like, oh my God, my hero's here. And it just... Again, it wasn't supposed to be super silly or not made to be, you know, it was an homage. It was supposed to pay tribute to how TV was back then. And I hate that this movie was not appreciated that way. It's too bad. Right, because you're you're seeing in that trap, Daryl is saying, is this the end for our dynamic duel and things like that? And meanwhile, Kevin is still there to ground it in reality. Like, we can drown right now. So, you know, it does, It's again, it's rooted in reality at the same time as playing a homage because Daryl is in his own world where he is a superhero and this is all possible. So during the end scene too, I have to say, having that amazing robot, J5, when he says J5 should be gingerly on his way and then the robot is trying to get downstairs and he just falls down the stairs. (laughs) <laughs> that just, was good god i love it but i love that he gets back up and then at the end when they have to find the bomb it's the women's room and blank man is just so like just and like by the rules that he's like the woman's bathroom that fiends the one place we couldn't go into yeah yeah i i, I love it again radicals i have no idea if any of this sounds appealing fun or whatever <laughs> i mean but just the joy at in in how we're talking about it you know this movie is clearly tailor-made for us and our taste that's not to say that it will translate into the humor that you look for but for a 90s movie and for also a film with a character that was again created out of thin air i think that this movie could have been a whole lot worse and i think that there was some effort put into these characters and into this movie i honestly would not have mind a follow-up sequel and yeah it, it's 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 animated it's, show even like you were saying yeah it's really unfortunate because again we don't get that many characters like this but you have to go where the money goes and this movie just did not it lost a lot of money in the box office and it, and it really sucks it really does but i actually remember seeing this at the movies i went to the movies to see this i don't Me i can't too. I can't really remember exactly if it was literally because I went there, you know, wanting to see a superhero so I can be a superhero at home. You know, I was like in my teens when I saw this, but I could appreciate the effort on creating a black superhero for little kids and just for people to enjoy, you know? So, I mean, I'll leave it at that. My score still stays the same. I think it is above average. I have a bit of a recommendation with this. While you don't get free access to this movie, I think that's probably the only reason why somebody will not take a chance on this film. Mm. I think that most people understand Damon Wayans' humor, and then which also translated into like Marlon Wayans and some of his ridiculous ass characters and movies that he's made. You just have to be that type of person to get their humor. And I think if you are a fan of like In Living Color, I think that this movie would not be a horrible, regrettable watch by all means. No, I think that goes hand 
hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And I also think that I could see myself watching this again just for fun. It's it's I didn't think that I would want to watch this movie again because I just remember it. But there is some I laughed out loud a lot the whole time, the whole time I laughed out loud. And I can't say that in a lot of today's movies that I've seen. Yeah, but for the most part, the writing does fall a little flat. There are jokes that adults will not find humorous and to each their own, to be honest with you. That's just kind of how I say it. Are you surprised that this hasn't garnered what a lot of things that quote unquote don't do well in the box office, a cult following? Because I'm sure there's other kids that grew up in the same generation that we did that have to love this movie. I I find it maybe it's not even because it's not readily available. Like I've never seen this on cable in years, even like some plays that you think would maybe buy the rights to this, like a comedy set, like never. You know, I, you know, I, I would have to go back in time to really research this, but I mean, it could also just come down to, you know, the support of movie production companies, you know, the advertising, the budget that was given to them based on, you know, that this was a POC movie, you know, just having access to certain things. I mean, this movie had a budget of 30 million. Don't know exactly if they were denied certain things so they couldn't get more than that. Who knows? But I also think that when you are comparing it to the heroes that we do love today, Superman, whatnot, you're always going to back what's popular. You know, we didn't get Halloween costumes after this. Who would manufacture stuff like this? Nobody is going to really- Oh, I would have loved it. But that's the thing, you know, yeah, I think that if back then, if we really cared about having POC superheroes on screen and in the lives of home, that we would have gone the distance to make that happen. But we already had our Captain Americas and our Hulks and our Wolverines to do it for us and Storm. And that's basically it. We just needed one and there you got it. And that was it. You didn't pay attention to stuff like this. So like Meteor Man never took off. And that was the year before. That was 93. So you would have thought a trend would have started, but Meteor Man didn't do well either because nobody gave a shit to the cast. And, you know, that movie, whoa, I cannot wait to do that. The cast in that movie is insane. It is huge. They have every black actor that you can think everybody. of in that movie. It is so everybody at the amazing time. how they got everybody to be in this movie. But that's because Robert Townsend, who created Meteor Man, has the pull. He has the respect of his colleagues to come in right. and make this shit happen because he wanted little black kids to have a superhero to look up to. Nobody cared. Nobody wanted to put the backing into something like this. And so it just ended up being a flop and forgot about. And that is why Radical Retro Rewind is here to remind you that movies like this exist. It's seriously like it sucks that this movie did not get the praise that it could have. Uh, so oh, I'm so glad you said that. And I remember loving Meteor Man as well. Like my God, I must have grew up in a weird way because like these were common films for me. Like I I wanted a Blank Man action figure too. By the way, like I was this into Blank Man. So I'm so sad that it didn't take off or it doesn't have even like a resurface in any way like I never hear this movie mentioned it's ridiculous like every little boy put on a sheet and ran around and pretended it was a cape like this movie is somewhat relatable in so many ways but it just a thousand percent it's just not yeah you could be any color I feel like and want to be a superhero want to be a hero and see yourself going oh my god this character Daryl put on a freaking tablecloth and you know like long john and he was able to fight crime like I but yeah again very big on the commentary that I noticed this time around and I you know whether you put on a suit or not I think that it is important for people to see that you don't have to have lots of resources and money to make a difference that you can still come from the exact neighborhood that needs to be fixed and do something about it and even if it's just the one person you it's possible and and yeah, so I, I I still enjoyed this movie. So glad to hear that. So if anyone who hasn't seen this movie, like Rob said, it's not really easily accessible in the sense that it's not on 
Netflix or streaming places that I know of, like, free. But it is on the major ones that you could think of. Amazon, iTunes, Fandango. Did you rent it, Rob? I did rent it. I rented it on Prime Videos, $3.99, which is... I've seen some $2.99 movies, but these are movies that were not, you know, released in theaters and stuff like that. So for a movie that was actually on the big screen i think that that is fair price for something like this so you know give it a shot if it sounds good to you even that i'm even saying if you want to spend the extra probably two dollars i'm sure you could find it for five dollars on amazon or something to get a dvd or anything like if you like physical media but it is out there again it's more of an underrated i'm gonna call it a classic i mean i say (laughs) i throw that word around a lot to me I don't know, like, maybe because I was raised with this movie. I just remember it so much, and it's, like, part of my history. So, please, everyone, check out this movie if you haven't. Rob, where can the lovely people find you? Currently, Movie Geek and Proud and Brunch with the Hollowells. Two different podcasts. One is movie-oriented, while the other is a recap of the entire original series of Charm. You can find both shows at moviegeekandproud.com. And we're also on Twitter and Instagram, Movie Geek and Proud, all one word, and Brunch with the Hollowells, all one word. And on Twitter, MGNP Podcast. And on Brunch with the Hollowells, BWTH Podcast. You can find the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast on Instagram at Radical Retro Podcast. But I'm also excited to say I'm on YouTube, people. Come find the Radical Retro Rewind on YouTube. There's the podcast so you could hear lovely people like Rob and us discuss movies like in the podcast form with video. But there's also videos that I've been trying to put up on there and I'm really trying to build up that library. So if you want more retro stuff and to see my face a little, I don't know. To see your face. This man is trying out expired products on YouTube for you to remind (sighs) you you. of the yesteryears. Yes, definitely check out his YouTube page. You know, Rob, I forgot I haven't mentioned on the podcast that I did try Jessica Simpson's expired lotions from 2008. (laughs) So yeah, that is something. That's something. (laughs) And I'm alive, people. I'm alive. No one asked me if I was alive after that so I'm here (laughs) thank you so much again Radical Ones that was another Radical Retro Rewind podcast Rob will be back for more adventures in the future and David will be back at some point as well after his move and we will be bringing more movies such as this to you thanks for listening bye everybody you know how to book flights and hotels All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.